0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd, more at candlewoodartsfestival.org.
1: Good morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, December 10th. Chula Vista adding a real-time operations center to its surveillance system. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego County Public Health Department announced the region's first case of the Omicron COVID-19 variant on Thursday. They say the patient tested positive for COVID-19 on Wednesday and then on Thursday, DNA sequencing confirmed it was Omicron. County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten says the variant finding was no surprise. Officials say the patient was a resident of San Diego City who had recently traveled abroad. The patient had been vaccinated against COVID and had also received a booster shot. Today, the San Diego Association of Governments, or SANDAG, votes on a controversial regional transportation plan. County Supervisor Jim Desmond held a news conference on Thursday backed by leaders from North and East counties to voice their opposition to SANDAG's plan, which includes a $0.02 per mile road tax to help fund public transportation. Desmond says that's unfair to people in his North County district and rural East County.
2: It's naive to think that the communities that depend on roads in North East County, Fallbrook, Alpine, Santee, could be effectively served by mass transit, yet every one of those people in those communities are going to be paying for the tax.
1: Most of San Diego got some much-needed rain on Thursday and more wet weather is on the way. Alex Tardy with the National Weather Service says a large storm coming from the Pacific is expected to hit San Diego late Monday and early into Tuesday next week.
3: We should see heavy rain. A lot of areas of San Diego County will see one to two inches of rain. With even more in the mountains if it comes through like we expect right now.
1: From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu.
1: Chula Vista is one of the most surveilled cities in the country, according to privacy advocates. Federal and local officials have deployed high-end technology to police the border community, and now the city is adding a real-time operations center. In the second part of a two-part series, KPBS's Amitha Sharma reports.
4: Every day, Chula Vista Police Department's four license plate readers mounted on patrol cars randomly take pictures of passing and parked vehicles' license plates and then store the digits. The agency also daily deploys drones across the city to give it a live view of scenes of 911 calls.
2: Again with armed with a black handgun and foot on
4: foot. The police department has now built a real-time operations center that sews together its data.
2: What you see here is essentially a very large TV screen.
4: That very large TV screen Chula Vista Police Captain Eric Thunberg refers to contains 12 smaller screens with up to the minute information, some of it basic, like community social media posts about suspicious activity, some of it high tech.
2: If there was a drone flying to a call or DFR program, you could see the footage there. We can display our dispatch system here. We have some crime statistics that are displayed here.
4: He says the new $550,000 one-room operations center is about efficiency.
2: When something happens, we're not running down the stairs, running over to a crowded office, standing and getting in the way of the watch commander who's answering phones.
4: It's also about quick access again in one place, to context like jail records and open source resources like Google Earth.
2: We're going to look and see, have we been to that location before? We're going to look and see, has there been history? Is there other crimes here? We're going to look and see who may have committed that crime.
4: Ultimately, he says Chula Vista residents will benefit from the new operations center, which is 80% complete.
2: Our public deserves the best response that we can give them.
4: City officials who promote these technologies often speak in terms of
3: certain public goods. They'll emphasize efficiency, they'll emphasize convenience.
4: That's local ACLU lawyer Mitra Ibadolahi. She says the public good also includes personal privacy and civil rights, something that she says is being stripped away by these policing tools.
3: These technologies just keep building on each other and overlaying each other, and we end up with a massively surveilled part of our community, which is inconsistent with just living in a free society.
4: Human rights activist and Chula Vista resident Pedro Rios worries that the crime center will focus on the western part of the city, where most of the area's people of color live.
0: There aren't any real guard posts to protect someone who's not involved in an incident to also not be victimized by this type of uh, policing.
4: Thunberg says the city is looking to add oversight and he contends the angst is more about what the center could do, not what it will do. Chula Vista PD's real-time operations center contractor, Motorola Solutions, states and documents that the facility has the capacity to do analytics, AI, and facial recognition. Thunberg says those features won't be activated.
2: We have no interest in that.
4: But the department's own five-year strategic plan envisions using predictive policing, which looks at analytics to figure out might commit crimes.
2: If we down the road have it, it will be because we've vetted it, we've taken it to the community.
4: I asked Thunberg whether as a private citizen he had concerns about new surveillance tools. He didn't.
2: I'm not worried about being watched or followed. I don't have anything to hide. And of course that's the exact wrong way to look at it.
4: Brian Hofer, executive director of the Oakland-based privacy advocacy group Secure Justice says the wise way to frame the discussion is that we all have something to protect.
2: Maybe I hang out at gay bars, but I haven't come out to my family and friends that I'm in the same-sex relationship.
4: Chula Vista Mayor Mary Salas says she trusts the police. The operations center is meant to serve the public, not to spy. I love my police, and I know that they're doing the right thing, and they come from the right attitude. And that
1: was reporting from KPBS's Amitha Sharma. Earlier this year, the Conrad Prebis Foundation sold more than 5,000 of its mostly affordable housing units to the Wall Street investment firm Blackstone. Recently, some of those tenants marched and occupied the foundation's offices for nearly two hours to call for greater tenant protections. KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim was on the scene.
3: They specifically want Blackstone to agree to stop raising rents during California's state of emergency, which has been extended to March 2022. After that, they want Blackstone to only raise rents by less than 3%, and they want a clear communication system with their landlords. Kathleen is a Blackstone tenant in La Mesa. She says that her rent has gone up even though the building itself is not well maintained, with paint chipping off the walls and broken railings.
1: Um, The issues are not being taken care of. And the home that was once beautiful that we were living in now is
3: embarrassing somewhat to bring family and friends. The Conrad Prebis Foundation officially sold its housing portfolio to Blackstone for over a billion dollars in late August. The president of its board told KBBS they encouraged the tenants to reach out directly to the current owner. A representative from Blackstone told KBBS that any rents that have been raised are at less than market rate, and the company has committed $100 million to repairing units.
1: And that was KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim. The Conrad Prebis Foundation also provides funding to KPBS. Last summer, we told you about a man who was held on three-quarter million dollars bail after chasing the police during a protest in downtown San Diego. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser has
3: an update on his case. Denzel Drawn was protesting police brutality last August and was charged with 19 felonies for using tear gas on San Diego Police Department officers and resisting arrest. Now he has been acquitted by a Superior Court jury of all charges. County prosecutors alleged Drawn grabbed a pepper spray can and sprayed 11 police officers. But Drawn's attorney told the jury he was acting to defend another protester who was being being punched and kicked by police. The San Diego County District Attorney's Office had no comment on the decision and the police department did not respond to a request for comment. And that was KPBS
1: investigative reporter Claire Trageser. The FDA has expanded its emergency use authorization for Pfizer's COVID booster shots for 16 and 17-year-olds. KPBS's Melissa May has more on how this affects the San Diego School District's vaccine mandate.
3: As of right now, January twenty fourth, 2022, is the deadline for students in the San Diego Unified School District to be fully vaccinated if they want to continue in-person learning. Dr. Howard Terrace is the district physician, and while he says the FDA approval for boosters for 16- and 17-year-olds is a message that everyone should get a booster, an eligible student is not required to get one.
0: It is not part of the district's vaccine mandate to get a booster. It is not going to be considered you're only fully immunized unless you have the booster, the third shot.
3: Terrace thinks that the CDC could sign off on the booster in the next few days.
1: And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Attempts to have state and local officials removed from office are on the rise. CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon has more on what's at the center of many recent recall petitions.
3: It's not just Governor Gavin Newsom. Voters across California and the country are targeting their city, county, and school board officials for recall. Jeff Pillay with the election tracking website Ballotpedia says 120 local officials in California have been the subject of a recall this year. That's nearly twice the average over the past decade. He says COVID-19 rules have played a major role in the uptick. So things like closing of schools or mask requirements or vaccine requirements. But the recall fever does. Doesn't always pan out. According to Ballotpedia, only 9% of this year's local recall attempts in California have qualified, though a third are still in a signature gathering or review phase. After the unsuccessful attempt to remove Newsom, the legislature is reviewing the rules governing state and local recalls. Lawmakers will likely introduce a bill with proposed changes next year, though any major tweaks would require voter approval. And that was Cap Radio's Nicole
1: Nixon. Here in San Diego, some residents have filed an intent to recall Democratic County Supervisor Tara Lawson Reamer. They need to gather signatures from at least 10 percent of the district's registered voters to qualify for the ballot. Coming up, California's solar marketplace might be getting a major overhaul soon, and that could change the financial dynamics of the clean energy industry.
4: People will still save money. They'll just
0: save less.
1: That story next, just after the break. California has one of the biggest solar marketplaces in the nation, and California regulators could dramatically change that marketplace next year. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more.
5: Ricardo Castillo pushes open the door to a long, narrow front yard. City Heights Courtyard Cottage. Castillo bought this house in the late 1990s when he was still in the Navy. The 61-year-old remembers how cheap electricity used to be.
0: Bills were about $18
5: a month, $22 a month at
0: the, at the highest.
5: His electric bill climbed over the years, topping out at about $280 a month. That's why he added solar energy and a new air conditioning unit. Putting this thing in so quiet uses about that much energy, that much. Why? Because those beautiful gaseous ball hanging up there in the sky. Castillo leases his solar system so there were no upfront costs. This is one of more than 1.3 million solar rooftop systems installed in California. Nearly 15% of the state's electricity production comes from solar systems like the one on Castillo's home. But the economics of solar could be changing soon. The current state regulations, known as net energy metering, are designed to encourage the move to rooftop solar. They set the cost of electricity sold by residents and include a small monthly fee for fixed utility costs.
4: Fifteen years ago, our electric rates were half of what they are today, and solar panels were more than twice as expensive.
5: The Natural Resources Defense Council's Mohit Chabra is among those asking regulators to roll back the subsidy. His organization is advocating sharply cutting back how much utilities are required to pay for the electricity generated on rooftops. And... He wants to charge a hefty monthly connection fee based on the size of a solar system.
4: People will still save money. They'll just save less.
5: The lower buyback charges and flat monthly fees could mean it'll take solar owners 10 to 12 to 15 years to pay off their upfront investment to put the panels on their roofs. Chabra says payback times right now are only about four to six years.
4: You will still, for my estimate save around 50 percent of your bill if you side your solar system correctly with our export rate change and the discharge. You just won't save close to 100 percent because certain fees are fixed fees for maintaining the grid that we all depend on and social costs.
5: The California Public Utilities Commission is considering more than 70 proposals to adjust the net energy metering rules. Solar advocates say Eliminating the financial incentive for residents to spend thousands of dollars installing solar panels could crush demand. That endangers 68,000 California jobs.
4: It will mean laying off a majority of their workforce or potentially closing their doors.
5: Karina Gonzalez works for Hammond Climate Solutions, a company advocating for net energy metering to only get small tweaks. She says rooftop solar needs to be encouraged because it's critical to help meet the state's clean air goals.
4: Less rooftop solar means that we're using more dirty energy, worsening the climate crisis, contributing to climate racism that's in Kern County and where there's fracking in people's backyards. And we just think at a time when there's a climate emergency, we can't afford to be taking away clean energy solutions from families.
5: California's investor-owned utilities filed their proposed revisions more than a year ago. But San Diego Gas and Electric steers requests for interviews to surrogates, like the Natural Resources Defense Council or the Utility Reform Network. The company declined to make an official available for an interview both last summer and in recent weeks. An email statement says the utility is engaged in the formal process, quote, we are eager to see a resolution that allows the solar industry to continue to thrive and addresses existing inequities, end quote. The California Public Utilities Commission is expected to unveil their plans to adjust net energy metering soon. That preliminary proposal would be vetted and then voted on by the commissioners early next year.
1: And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson.